This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mamacitas, welcome back to another episode of Tere Tells All. I am so happy to have you here. You guys, recording this intro for my podcast is literally the highlight of my week. I know that it's going to be heard by the people who care, the people who want to listen, the people who want to connect, the people who want to grow. So, Unlike, you know, Instagram, who where my stuff gets pushed to whomever, anywhere, um, this podcast, you have to come find it. So, again, highlight of my week, knowing that it, it it's meaningful. So, shout out to all my babes working on themselves. Yes, girl, that's you. To all the mamas who are juggling hats, multiple hats. And I'm going to tell you about my mama situation that happened this weekend um shout out to all my girls who are figuring out their next move whether in a relationship or your job or big moves whatever it is shout out to all my girls who stood up for themselves this week in some way whether you said no to something or someone that you knew was not going to bring you growth so shout out to you and a special shout out to all of you who leapt or took a leap into something new because oftentimes we wait for the perfect time and like I've said before, there is no perfect time. So if you took a leap into something new today or this week, then kudos to you. You guys are some badass biatches and I mean that with all the love in my heart because growth happens when we leave our comfort zones and y'all are doing it. I told you last week that we would take some time to read some of the reviews that you guys have left on Apple Podcast, um, and it really means a lot that you guys take the time to do this. So I'm going to read a couple, and then, you know, I'll keep reading a couple every week. So I'm going to start with two today. This one is from Roxy G. Hey, Roxy. This one says, um, just what I needed to hear. This speaks to all things I'm trying to incorporate more into my daily regime. Listening to this podcast inspires me so much. Thank you, Tere, for creating this platform to inspire and motivate women. Thank you, Roxy. You're the sweetest. Um, and Roxy, like Roxy and I know each other. We, Roxy and I met on Instagram too. Um, and then she's from San Antonio, Texas, and I'm in Houston, Texas, but she was in San, An sorry, she was in Houston visiting, and she hit me up, she was like, hey, I know this is gonna be weird, but would you be interested in having some dinner, hanging out, and um, we did, and we clicked, and we became friends, so thank you, Roxy, for always being so supportive. Um, this one is from Sweet CC 81 and it says, I've been following Teresa on Instagram for a while now, and of course her podcast doesn't disappoint. She's down to earth and a great motivator and cheerleader. 
Her story resonates with me as I was a single mom for so long. As women, we tend to put everyone else first, and the guilt is heavy when we can't be superwoman all the time. She continues to give me courage to go after my goals, give myself grace, and help me realize my worth. Thank you so much, girl. Like, th- again, again, this this is why we do This is why I'm here. Because if I've been giving this platform to reach thousands of people, then I need to be using it for good. And... We all could use a friend. We all could use some encouragement. We all could use a daily reminder that we're not alone, that we're worthy of love, that we're worthy of our dreams. And I'm so happy that that's exactly what you're getting out of my content and my podcast. Um, And obviously, we, we connect on some level, and I'm so proud of that. So thank you to these two ladies for the wonderful reviews keep them coming uh the only way that you can leave a review is on apple podcast so if you have uh an iphone and you go to apple podcast and search for that it tells all um it'll let you rate and review or leave a review um yeah again you can always find the instagram page um at at that it tells all uh and you can find us on pretty much any streaming platform now so cool to see the growth. So let me tell you about my weekend before we get into today's uh, guest interview. So as y'all might remember, I told you my brother and my brother-in-law weren't in town and they left on Saturday. But before they were going to go back home to France, we decided to have like one last family get together at my sister's house. Well, and my sister's house, like in that community, a lot of the kids have golf carts. So that's just how the kids get around. And my son and my niece and nephew were out riding the golf cart. Well, teenagers being teenagers, they decided to make some not safe choices. And my son ended up falling off of the golf cart, the back of the golf cart. And he hit his head on the curb, like the street curb. So... It knocked him out. He did lose consciousness for a little bit. Um, but as you can imagine, because it is head trauma, we wanted to take all precautions necessary. And we spent part of our weekend in the emergency room making sure that he was okay. So he, he did have some bleeding. He's all banged up. And um, we had CAT scan and we had x-rays. And so He's all good. He's going to be fine. But he did get a concussion, a pretty moderate concussion. So now we're, you know, just making sure that we, that we, he, he sits out of stuff and that we take care of this concussion and we don't do anything worse. But man, teenagers, just kids in general, like that was always my biggest fear when my son was little, that he would get into something and I never wanted to be, like, the mom that panics when my kid's in trouble. Like, I wanted to be, like, cool, calm, and collected enough to be able to, I guess, you know, fix the situation or do what needed to be done to make sure that we could get the situation fixed. So I think I did a pretty good job this weekend when my son started freaking out. Like, so he panicked because once he came to he couldn't remember what had happened and he kept asking everybody like what happened what happened and we would tell him and he had this look of terror on his face because he could not remember it like he completely blocked it out of his mind and just by me seeing the look of terror on his face like I knew that we couldn't both lose our shit so 
I tried to stay as cool and calm as a collected to reassure him that everything was going to be okay. But y'all, internally, I was so scared because he couldn't remember anything and he had blacked out and he was bleeding from his head, but it wasn't like gushing blood or anything. It was just like we couldn't even tell where the blood was coming from. It was like a scrape, like blood coming from a scrape, not blood coming from a cut. Um, but yeah, it, it just... I'm glad. I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's home. I'm glad it was nothing serious. Um, And now he better have learned his lesson and he better not do that reckless teenager stuff again. But I can't be mad at him because he's a good kid generally overall. I never have issues with him at school, discipline grades, none of it. He's a really great kid. Um, So, you know, he made this one choice that resulted in us being at the hospital. But I think he's learned his lesson. So today we're going to talk about a topic that you guys have asked me about before and I've never really been able to answer your questions because it's not something that I've dealt with. Um, We're going to talk about binge eating and binge eating disorder. So I've told you before that I was an emotional eater. So, you know, no matter what emotion I was feeling, I used food as comfort Um, again, feeling sad, I ate, feeling anxiety, I ate, happy, celebrating, ate. Um, and so emotional eating can develop into binge eating. Um, they're kind of like on a continuum and this is again, based on my research. I don't think that I ever got to the binge eating point. So it wouldn't be fair for me to give you advice or answer your questions on binge eating if that's not something I have experience with. Um, But I do have a dear friend who has lived with binge eating disorder and she is on the recovering side of it. But I figured it'd be good to bring her on and she could give you her story and share some insight and some tips and anything that might be helpful if this is something that you're struggling with or if you know someone that is struggling with. Um, So yeah, let's get into it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We have the beautiful ray of sunshine, Sam, also known as Sam Starts Here. Welcome to the show, girl. Hi. Hi. So I know you from Instagram. 
Um, and you also work for a Buff Bunny. So I just love our Buff Bunny community because we have so many different types of women going through different journeys and different backgrounds. And so your journey spoke to me. And I know that a lot of um, our followers, whether we have mutual followers or not, um, have questions about today's topic. And I knew that you would be the right person to bring on today. So before we dive into that topic, um, go ahead and introduce yourself and just kind of give us a little background, a um, little bio on you. Yeah. So hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Sam and I'm 25 years old. I live in New York, um, not the city, unfortunately, just a little outside of it. Um, I've been on a fitness, health, weight loss journey for about four years now. Um, it all started on my 21st birthday in 2017 when nothing fit me and I had a whole crying breakdown in my closet. Um, and it was just followed by like years of learning how to actually treat my body well and actually figure out that I would be diagnosed with binge eating disorder and how to navigate all of that. Um, so it's really just been a learning process that I've been sharing on my Instagram the entire time. Yeah, that's so cool. And I, I, appreciate that you put yourself out there because a lot of stuff like that personal stuff when you put it out there it kind of opens the door to criticism and it takes a really like mentally tough person to just you know be vulnerable on social media so thank you for sharing your journey with us of course um I kind of want to dive into binge eating disorder I from, I didn't realize that binge eating disorder was its own separate thing, separate from bulimia and anorexia, um, which are other eating disorders. So can you kind of just explain the difference between them? Yeah. So it actually makes sense that you were like unaware that it's an actual eating disorder. It wasn't even included in um, like a diagnosable disorder until like a few years ago. So um, while there were some of the same behaviors, like the binging behaviors that, you know, psychologists and eating disorder specialists know about, there wasn't actually a way to diagnose someone with that um, until recently, like I said. But there are major similarities between binge eating disorder and bulimia. Um, however, the major difference is that binge eating disorder doesn't have any purging behaviors after. So when you binge on, you know, three to 4,000 calories, you're not severely exercising after you're not taking laxatives, you're not making yourself throw up. There's no kind of way to get rid of those calories. Whereas with bulimia, someone who did suffer from that would engage in those type of behaviors to make up for those calories or get rid of them. Um, and then again, that differs from anorexia because anorexia, you're just really not taking in any calories. Um, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Um, so do you think that binge eating disorder has been like a lifelong thing that you've had, or do you think you've developed it in adolescence or is there a certain point in your life where you can kind of pinpoint that it started for you? Yeah. So there was definitely a progression for me. Um, so I can trace my specific like binging behaviors back to being six years old. Um, I would wake up before my parents, like literally at 430 in the morning and go make myself an entire breakfast and clean everything up and then act like I hadn't eaten anything just so I could like eat breakfast with my parents after. So that was like the first indication to me that I was kind of like having a not perfect relationship with food. Um, 
And then that progressed to when I was about 13, I had been on Weight Watchers, which is just um, its own, (laughs) its own problem. But um, I remember that after I would go weigh in and go to the meetings, I would immediately walk because the Weight Watchers store was in the same parking lot as a supermarket. And I would walk to the supermarket and get like a pack of Little Debbie's cakes and just like eat all of them. So like that's obviously, again, another example of just not a good relationship with food. And then um, once I realized it was really something that could be diagnosed, uh, it was when I moved out and I was in college living on my own. And obviously I have my own car. I'm going to drive throughs. I'm buying my own groceries. And it just really spiraled into like pretty much every night I was sitting there eating like three to 4,000 calories on top of, you know, having a normal breakfast and lunch. So it just really snowballed, like I said, into something that was unmanageable. Yeah. Do you, did your parents realize what was going on? Cause I know you said Weight Watchers at 13. I'm assuming that was like your parents' decision to kind of help you. Yeah. 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 Did, did they notice that early on that, that there was something that you needed help with or do you, or do I don't you- think so. I was, yeah, no, I was really good at hiding what I was doing. Um, and then on top of that, my family, most people in my family are also overweight or have some kind of issue with food. Um, like my dad had gotten two weight loss surgeries. My mom's weight has fluctuated my whole life too. So, um, I think maybe they just assumed like genetics played a role in it. And like, I also wasn't a very active kid. So I don't think that maybe they knew exactly what I was doing, but. So what, what is the like emotional side of this? Cause I know, so you don't have like those purging tendencies with binge eating disorder, but you still probably have some type of like emotional turmoil or something that occurs after that. Right. What is that experience like for you? Right. So I would say that most times that I've binged, um, it's been like emotionally driven. So either I'm really upset about something and food has always been there as a coping mechanism. So being full will make me feel satisfied and safe and not as sad. Um, That's usually my thought process when I'm about to do that. Or if I'm really angry and I feel like everything's out of control and this is the one thing I can control, then again, that would be another time that I would do it. So I'd say that most times it it does happen um, because of just a really usually negative emotion. Um, there's been times also where I've kind of self-sabotaged, um, especially after I've reached like a major weight loss milestone. Um, like for example, after I reached a hundred pounds lost, I had binged like the two days following. So like I finally saw that number on the scale. And then the next two days I was like, all right, let me just ruin all this progress and we'll have to start all over. So that just goes along with it of just getting stuck in the binge cycle feeling guilty, feeling like you're going to sabotage your progress or like you don't deserve to reach your goals or be happy. And all that negative emotion just kind of accumulates into using food to cope with it. Right, right. So whenever you, um, I guess we're first trying to, once you got diagnosed, like later on in your 20s, how did you first start dealing with it? Were you like being restrictive? Were you on a meal plan? What, What does that healing process look like? Yeah. So I would say the biggest healing like part of this would be getting some kind of therapy, um, whether that's just talking to a therapist, you know, one-on-one or doing some kind of like cognitive behavioral therapy, um, really anything that gets to the root of why you're using food to cope 
with your emotions or, um, you know, why that's your, the number one thing you run to. Um, and so I would say definitely just in general, getting therapy has helped me a lot because learning to work through, you know, my traumas and what I've gone through in turn helps me be a better, um, be better at not binging. Um, and then specifically with food, um, I've seen dietitians and nutritionists who work alongside therapists and psychologists. And, um, usually the biggest advice that I've gotten is that restriction leads to more binging. So, um, if you're going out to lose weight and you are going to start eating a thousand calories a day and thinking that in a week, your body is not going to be screaming at you for food. And then you're going to end up binging on like, again, like I said, four or 5,000 calories, and then you just get stuck in that kind of cycle. So, um, restricting not only calories, but certain food groups too can lead to more binging. So, um, personally, there was a time in my journey where I had tried keto because, you know, everyone's like, do keto. I lost 50 pounds in like three seconds. Like it's amazing. Um, so I tried it. And after a month, I noticed that I literally was binging like four or five times a week because I would do, you know, great with breakfast and lunch. I would feel so full. And then by the end of the night, I'd be like, all I want is a bowl of pasta and I want every carb on this planet. So just cutting out food groups, cutting out too many calories, pretty much just setting up rules around food is what leads to more binging. Um, so it's more, it's more just about moderation and learning how to listen to what your body wants. Yeah. I think one of the most common, I don't want to say mistakes, but maybe like misuses of nutrition. I see when people want to lose weight is they go for restriction when in reality, what you need to lose weight is just a calorie deficit and a calorie deficit doesn't need to be like you're chopping a thousand calories off your diet. You know, it just needs to be like cutting back or swapping out things for healthier alternatives. But so many times, you know, like I'll see like a coworker or a friend and I'm like, oh, you're like, you're losing weight. What are you doing? And they're like, oh, well, I cut out carbs. I cut out sugar. I cut out this. I cut out that. I'm also doing cardio for like two hours a day, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, yeah. God, like, like, okay, yes, it's working, but long-term, like you're not going to be able to sustain that. And that's like the number one thing that I always preach is like, you need to do something that is sustainable and realistic for you and your lifestyle and your goals. And, you know, binge eating disorder or not, that's something that we can all learn from. Um, so I'm glad that you, you emphasize that restricting is only going to lead to more binging down the road. Cause I totally agree with you on that. Right. And even just to go along with that, um, if you're someone who, I mean, maybe you are diagnosed with binge eating disorder, or you think that you have, you know, some similarities with that, but you're also someone who feels like I need to lose weight for my health. Um, it's as simple as you said, calories in versus calories out. So you could literally cut out 200 calories of what you're eating now and go for a walk like three times a week and start losing weight. Like you don't have to lose 10 pounds a week to be, you know, successful. Um, it's like you said, just more about the longevity of it and being able to be consistent and make it like a lifestyle change. Like we always say, rather than just, you know, a diet just to drop a big amount of weight in a short period of time. So definitely want to just adapt habits that are, you know, healthy and sustainable. 
Right, right. I don't think it's necessary to go to extremes. And like, I, you know, I started with semi-extremes as far as nutrition. Fitness-wise, no. I, I started slow because I my body was at a point where I couldn't physically do a lot of things, but I could with nutrition. So, you know, we drastically cut a lot of things out of my nutrition when I first started losing weight. And I don't think that particular coach at that time had any like uh, bad intentions. It's just probably what she knew. And so that's what she put me on. But um, yeah, we went through it to extremes. We cut out carbs. I was living on like protein shakes and chicken and um, like, sounds familiar. (laughs) That moment I was like, Oh my God, it's working. I'm losing the weight. This is so cool. And then, you know, I reached my goal weight. I had a specific number in mind and then I hit it on my one year anniversary. And then it was like, all right, well, I did it. So I guess I can go back to, you know, my normal life now. And very quickly, I realized that no, like if I wanted to stay quote unquote lean, then I was going to have to keep doing these things that I had been doing for the previous year. And it was crushing to me because it was like, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. And then that's kind of where I started to look at alternatives to still you know, stay relatively healthy, but not be at an extreme deficit or doing extreme things or to, to stay skinny, so to speak. Um, but yeah, um, right now, so you, I saw on your Instagram that you reached a no binging milestone, right? Yes. So I haven't binged for like an entire month which is seriously shocking. Um, today, I think it's like 32 days. So we're in month two, which is like new territory. <laughs> um, but yeah, at one point, um, probably back in like 2019, when I was like, really just thriving, um, I didn't binge for like four months. So I'm like in my head trying to get back to that. But obviously one month right now is still a huge milestone. I'm super excited about it. Um, I would say probably like, like three things I've done that have made me this successful this time around is number one, I found a hobby. Just like on a side note, I found that if you have something aside from like your work and, um, you know, fitness that you put your time into, it just really makes you feel way more fulfilled. And actually like, it's something I look forward to now. So I just started reading I mean, I have a million books around my house that have never been touched. And um, I decided I might as well just start reading again, which is just something I fell out of during grad school because it's just too much. (laughs) Um, But yes, I I started by just saying to myself, like, I'm going to read for 10 minutes a day. And I would read for those 10 minutes during the times when I would usually binge, which is like around 9 p.m. That's like my bewitching hour. And so that evolved into like, now I'm reading a chapter a day and now I'm just like spending an hour at night reading and it's making me distracted from everything else. Like my mind is completely involved in something else and it doesn't even have to be, you know, reading. It could be drawing. You could pick up knitting. I don't know. Like it could be cleaning your house. It could be really anything to distract yourself. So finding a hobby or distraction, that's something you're actually excited about, um, is a really, really good way to avoid binging. And then um, I have found also saving some of my calories, like kind of, um, 
just figuring out how to make like, maybe I'll have a lighter lunch so I can have like 400 calories designated for the nighttime that I know I can have just like snacks, just so many snacks, (laughs) because that's like usually, you know, like I said, the time that the binges would happen. So having 400 calories to be able to have like an example of what I would do is like an apple with like some carrots and hummus. And like, if I want an airhead, I'm going to have an airhead because like I have the calories for it. And like I said before saying, you know, no candy doesn't really work for me. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so saving some calories for the nighttime has helped a lot. And then also like, as weird as it sounds, just drinking more water, Mm -hmm. um, making sure that you get in enough water every day is like a really underrated fitness tip. Yeah. <laughs> um, like seriously. Um, I, I just found that if I eat, you know, a regular meal and then on top of that, I have like at least 16 ounces of water, like I'm full for way longer. And not only that, but it just like makes your skin nicer and like everything is just, you just feel better when you're hydrated, which is crazy. But yeah. So drinking more water, finding a distraction and personally for me, saving some calories for nighttime snacks just has been what's helped me the most. Yeah. It sounds like you've been able to, to find like, I guess like patterns. So like for you, you know, I think we're the same in this, that we prefer to have, I don't know, like the bulk of our calories later in the day. Like Mm -hmm. I can skip breakfast and be okay. I don't because right now I I'm doing this like bodybuilding thing. So I don't skip breakfast, but like, I know in my head that at the end of the day, when I finally have time to sit down and reflect on the day, mm-hmm. then that's like when I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. And so I also do the same thing you do. And I just plan for my day that like, I know I prefer to eat later. So I'm going to eat lighter throughout the day and you know get all my water in so that, that I can have you know, whatever it is that I want to have in the evening. Um, and then that's not feeling restricted, but I'm also not binging on it because I've been, uh, you know, avoiding it all day. It's just that I timed it kind of in a way. Right. Um, do you, um, are there certain triggers that you think lead to you to binge? And if there are, how do you avoid those triggers or how do you, I guess, identify them so that you are conscious of them? So um, one of my biggest triggers is like thinking that I have the ability to like get takeout and eat out and it's not going to put me in an immediate pattern of that. So like I'll think, oh, yeah, you know, if my boyfriend or something is getting takeout delivered, I'll be like, oh, I can just have like a hamburger. That's, you know. I can calculate the calories of that. And then like subconsciously that turns into, okay, I had one hamburger. Now tomorrow I'm like on DoorDash looking for places to get breakfast. And it's just something again, that spirals for me. So I pretty much learned that anytime I get fast food or takeout or anything like that, it just is going to turn into a cycle of me eating trash and eventually binging on even more trash foods. So um, that's something that I, I try to avoid. Like this month, um, on March 1st, I decided, let me delete all of my food delivery apps and let me just try and see like how long I can go into this month without getting any kind of takeout, any kind of fast food. And I mean, I've made it six whole days, so (laughs) we're doing great so far, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's something I tried to avoid. And then there's also certain, um, foods in particular that are triggers for me. Um, So having stuff like chips around is not great because 
Um, you know, literally I'm exactly what the advertisement is. Like you can't just have one, like that's me. Like I will literally eat an entire family size bag of chips for no reason. It's like, you you didn't need to do that. (laughs) So, um, I just try not to bring that into the house at all. Um, and other things like there's certain, like, I can't really have chocolate in the house because number one, if I ever binge on chocolate, I will get so like physically sick. Like, because again, it's not just like one little mini bar. It would be like an entire package of it. So, um, not only do I get really sick, but then I'm breaking out on my face for a week Mm. because of all that chocolate. So again, just double, not worth it. So just keeping those kind of things out of the house and just maintaining, you know, like a diet where I am pretty much just making foods for myself and making more like nutrient dense foods, um, is, is really ways to avoid it and, um, not trigger it. Right. Do you, do you enjoy cooking? Um, or is it more like you I would, do it out of necessity? <laughs> yeah, I would say, uh, I enjoy cooking like once a week, like on a Sunday when I can make a nice Sunday dinner, that is when it's enjoyable. But when it's like every night I'm having to like grilled chicken and like make rice and vegetables and prepare everything. I'm like, okay, let's just get this over with. But, um, I'll, I'll say it's enjoyable when I want to do it, but otherwise it's just something you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't like to meal prep as in like make full Mm. meals for the whole week. I can't eat the same thing every day. Like it, no, I can't, I can't do it. So like, let's say I buy chicken breast. So on like Sunday, I'll like cut everything up, um, wash everything and then not cooked. I will just store it in the fridge or the freezer. And then throughout the week, then I can just pull like a chicken breast and I'll season it with a one thing. And then the next day I'll season it with another thing. And it just makes it easier to, to cook throughout the week. Um, and then I don't get tired of it. So like one day I'll make the chicken breast and like a uh, lemon pepper and the next day I'll make it barbecue and the next day I'll make it like uh, uh, like Mexican or taco chicken or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if, if anyone out there is wondering about meal prepping options. That's just my my biggest suggestion is so, you know, mix it up. Um, but I do the same thing with vegetables, like I'll cut up a whole bunch of different vegetables, but I'll eat a different one every day. So I don't eat the same thing every day. Yeah. 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 You can definitely meal prep the basics without having to have like those specific containers that have everything pre-portioned and like ready in season. Because I just also wonder by the end of the week, is it not like soggy? Like, is it not like yeah, yeah. something that's just been like seasoned and already cooked, just sitting and waiting the entire week? I don't know. I don't know. First of all, I wouldn't even get to like day five of that. I would make it to day three and be like, I, I can't eat this anymore. <laughs> So (laughs) I don't know, props to anyone who has like the willpower to do that. But I I definitely think it's probably easier to just maybe chop up, like you said, all your vegetables on Sunday, get your protein ready, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe pre cook your rice or something Mm -hmm. just to make it easier. But yeah, you definitely don't have to go completely all out. Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you have a support system? Yeah. So, um, I have like a select group of people or a few people that I even like talk to about, um, you know, weight loss and binge eating and that kind of thing specifically, um, support for, you know, when I, when I do feel like I'm going to binge or when it's someone, something that I need to talk about in regards to 
just like my eating disorder. Um, I tend to mostly talk to my best friend just because she's been through like literally from like start to finish all of this. (laughs) She knows like what I do when I tend to do it just because of like everything I've told her over the years. So um, it's helpful to have someone that just knows your story that you can just come to and be like, I'm having a bad moment. Like, just please talk me down off this ledge. Like, I can't do this right now. I need help. So, um, that's usually, I talk to my best friend, um, for that. And then in the moment, if it's something where like, I, I need an immediate distraction, like right now in my face, um, I, I live with my boyfriend, so I can usually just go and talk to him. Um, or like watch funny TikToks or something. (laughs) And as far as like my family, um, my mom and sister, they are also very supportive. Um, They know what I go through, um, but it's just not the type of thing where I would necessarily like reach out to them in the moment just because like we all have our own things that we're going through and they're not like my designated people that I talk to about this. But um, yeah, no one in my life is, is judgmental or um, you know, would ever talk down to me about this. Everyone just wants to help. So I feel really lucky about that, obviously, because I'm I'm sure it could be a lot worse, but yeah, definitely my best friend is like the go-to. Awesome. Um, now we mentioned earlier that you've been sharing all of this on Instagram and I kind of want to touch on that. Like what has your experience been like on social media as you share these things? Cause I, I can pinpoint a specific post from like a week or two ago that you, we mentioned it was the lettuce <laughs> Then you know, point. Oh my God. Right. So, <laughs> <The lettuce. laughs> but I think that as content creators or influencers, whatever you want to call people who put their life out there, um, we're always going to get criticism no matter what. And you, you have to have tough skin to just let it slide um, off of off your back, but just overall, what has your experience been like as you've been sharing all of this on social media? Yeah. So, um, it's changed a lot in four years. I mean, uh, when I first started, I, I had no intention of, you know, being like you said, a a content creator or influencer, whatever. Um, I, I was just trying to like share what I was doing and hold myself accountable because at that time in my life, I really didn't have a support system and I didn't have a way to hold myself accountable. So like I was on there posting pictures like every single day, like, hi guys, I just like, took the stairs instead of the elevator. Here's my lunch. Here's my dinner, like posting like every second of the day, just because that was my only outlet. Um, and so probably for the first year, it was just, just a girl just sharing her journey. Um, and then after I started gaining some followers, um, it became more of like, okay, let me, you know, share not only my like triumphs of the day, but let me start talking about kind of what happens behind the scenes, because I mean, I'm sure you, you've noticed as well, a lot of people, especially on Instagram tend to just show like their highlight reel and just show like the best moments. Um, and not necessarily the times when they're feeling down or, you know, they gained a pound back or something happened, you know, they fell off track or whatever. Um, I just found that like during the time when I first started, I would have liked to see someone like that. So I decided like once I started having more people follow me, like I would just be that person. Um, and pretty much from there, that's how I've been running my, um, account. So I just, I, I mean, I post, like I said, the good and the bad I I've gone through times. I mean, specifically during all of 
quarantine um, was rough for everyone, was certainly rough for me. And uh, through all of that, like I was posting, like I gained 50 pounds last year. Like this is real life. I I'm struggling with my PCOS symptoms. I'm, you know, binging more than ever, or, you know, even some good things happened last year. Like I graduated and, you know, other good things happened too, but like, (laughs) it's just, it's, it's a mix of everything. And I found that in regards to like criticism specifically, um, most people, I guess, just tend to pass judgment, maybe forgetting that the person on the other end of it is like actually a person. Um, (laughs) there's just some people who I guess, I, I guess it doesn't even like their brain doesn't even filter what they're saying. Like they, it just appears on the screen somehow because some things that people say are just like crazy insulting, like out of this world. And in reference to what you said about the lettuce, like people literally will comment on the most absurd things, like the type of lettuce you're eating, like as if one type of lettuce is better than another. Right. Um, so just to reference that guys, um, Sam had posted, it was like a, a salad, right? He had made a salad. Yeah. Yeah. Just an innocent reel of me making a chicken salad. Like what could go wrong? Yeah. And it was like a delicious salad. Like I was watching your reel and I was like, oh my God, that looks so good. I'm hungry. Um, and then I didn't even read the comments. I just like, I liked the reel and then, you know, I moved on. But then later on, it came back through my feed. And that was one of the main comments that was on there. And I was like, oh, like, why, why do you care what kind of lettuce she uses? Like, she's putting in an effort here. She wants to, you know, eat something that is, has nutritional value, but that is also going to, I guess, make her feel good and it tastes good for her. And you're going to like judge her for it. Like, mind your own business, people. Like, I, I know what it's like when people make certain comments like that. So yeah, no, I, I I can relate, and I'm sorry that that happens. Um, yeah, I think, I think no. you handled it perfectly. Your response to that was um, firm but kind. I think. Yeah, I always try and be like, okay, whenever I respond to anything that's like a negative comment, because to be honest, ninety nine percent of anyone who follows me or you know engages with my content is positive. Like it is rare that I see negative messages or negative comments. So I just want to put that out there. Like it's yeah. not a majority of it is positive. Um, but yeah, some, some people just, I guess, just <laughs> think that it's okay to comment on things that they have no authority to like uh, something that people like to comment on about me a lot, a little more serious than lettuce is um, people like to diagnose me with like this certain disorder um, based on like the way that my legs look. and it got to a point, like when I first started getting comments about it, like it really scared me because it like comments affected me so much more at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I took it really, really to heart. And like, I went to my doctor and I was like, um, I think I might have this disease that like people are saying my legs look like, can you please check my legs? And my doctor's like, my doctor pretty much said like, no, you just have like really muscly calves. Like, I don't know what, like you just kind of have, like, she didn't say you just have fat legs, but like, I know I just have big legs. Like (laughs) that's just like how my body is. But to see comment after comment being like, um, not even like, oh, I think you should go get this checked out. Like you have this, you're going to die from it. Like, I don't know what to say. So (laughs) it's it's way, way too much sometimes. But like I said, a majority of 
of everyone who I've spoken to or engages with my content is positive and like the sweetest, most supportive people. So yeah, all good things. I agree. I think the pros outweigh the cons a hundred percent. Yeah. Definitely. Building, building a community of supporters and women who cheer you on or who could even relate is the biggest reason why I still post where I post. So I, I totally agree. Um, and I know you mentioned earlier some tips or advice for people who think they have binge eating disorder or who have binge, binge eating disorder. You say, you know, find a hobby, drink some water. Um, and then what was the third one? I can't remember. What it was. To like save some calories for yeah. snacks at night. Yeah. Save some calories for the end. Um, is there, is there any other advice that you have for someone who thinks they might have it or how maybe like how to get a proper diagnosis or, or just, I don't know, any advice that you have? Yeah. So, um, to, to just like finish up like the tips and everything. Um, I obviously, I, a month is a big milestone, but I'm definitely still learning, um, what works for me, but some other things are making sure that I get outside every day. I don't know what it is, but just having some vitamin D from the sun, seriously, it helps a lot. And even, um, it obviously depends on where you live and what you're comfortable with, but even sometimes if you're having an urge, like you feel like you're going to binge, just like going to take a walk around your block or like spending five minutes outside is really, really helpful. Um, cause again, it just like disconnects your mind from those like negative kind of thoughts. Um, and I'm not, I think that we touched on this when you, you asked about my support system, but again, like having someone you can reach out to is really helpful. Um, whether that's like a friend or whether that's someone that you follow on Instagram that like looking at their posts, like makes you feel better or supported or like you're not alone, like pretty much anything to just make you feel like you can get through this. Um, and what I always tend to say is like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that would be my tips for that. Um, as far as, um, going about getting a diagnosis, I think it's probably first important to like talk about the difference between binge eating and overeating. Um, just because, there is like a huge difference. So, um, a lot, a lot of times I get comments from people saying, you know, I, I had an extra two slices of pizza. So I binged and, um, like, I know it's just because people don't have like the resources and, you know, that education to understand exactly like what the criteria is for a binge eating disorder. So, um, that's kind of what I try to talk about. So the difference being that overeating would be, you know, you, like I said, eat a whole bag of chips instead of the regular serving. You have a whole Ben and Jerry's instead of the one serving for that. Um, you have a, you go back for two bowls of pasta after dinner, something like that would be considered overeating. And it's usually just something you do like out of habit. Um, whereas binge eating is like, imagine doing everything that I just listed, like you're having all that pasta, you're maybe even having a slice of pizza in there, like four bowls of cereal, like you went to the fast food place and got a whole meal, like you're having 4000 calories within usually like a 30 minute to one hour period. Um, And during that period of time, you usually feel like you're on autopilot, like it almost feels like you are literally a human vacuum and just anything you can get your hands on, like you will eat. So it's a lot more of like an unconscious process when you're binge eating versus overeating is like, I should really stop eating these chips, but like, they're so good. I'm just going to keep going. Um, so overeating is like I said, something that you can curb by like adapting new habits, which also is true for binge eating, but 
in addition to that for binge eating, seeking therapy and seeking, you know, help from a nutritionist or a dietitian is also um, what would be necessary for that. So yeah, I would, I would say first recognizing whether what you're doing is actually just overeating or if you are again, feeling like you're on autopilot for 45 minutes and eating upwards of like two to 3000 calories. Um, yeah. So that, that I think would be a, the difference between the two, if that makes sense. I hope. <laughs> totally. No. And I appreciate that you clarify that because I never really thought to ask that, but that's, that's uh, great to know and to share with others. Um, all right. So that's, those are really all the questions that I have for you today. And, uh, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. You know, I just kind of like out of nowhere messaged you. I'm like, Hey, come on the podcast. <laughs> I know, but I've been like following you for a while. So I'm like, okay. And actually just like to, to add on to that, literally whatever, like I see you in from Buff Bunny, I'm like, hi, so that's what I'm going to need to order because whatever looks good on her will look good on me. Like we both have like the booty going on. So it's like, it's, it's good to see, like you said, just like so many different people represented in that community. So I, that's how I found you, but I'm, I'm glad that I did. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so before we sign off, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you plug all your stuff, girl. Yeah. So, um, my username is Sam Starts Here, and that's pretty much on every platform. Uh, the ones that I'm most active on would just be Instagram and TikTok. So um, you can find me there, and I would love to have you. Yeah, so definitely check her out. She is, like I said before, when I introduced her, like a ray of sunshine. Anytime I see one of her posts, I'm like, yes, girl, yes. <laughs> you you exude confidence despite your struggles you exude confidence and so um I, I enjoy following you and once again congratulations on you know your milestone of one month and not binging and I look forward to supporting you and cheering you on as you continue to grow that time span because I I know you can do it and um you you have me as a support system too if you ever feel like you need to reach out so no that means so much thank you yeah. All right, guys, that'll be it. And we'll see you next week for our next episode. Bye. Bye.